one the people looking up to yeah, I tried to reach the sun but got me stuck to my shoes yeah, You got to be the one the people looking up to yeah, I tried to reach the sun but got me stuck to my shoes So forgive me if I get this wrong I get lost sometimes, literally I roam I had to figure certain things out on my own Make a phone call home to the ones I love Shit crazy out here, how you high off drugs To be real, man, I thought about pulling the plug So I can go fly high with the ones above Yeah I don't wanna be judged, I just wanna be me Even though we buy chains, we just wanna be free I don't wanna be judged, I just wanna be me We just wanna be free What a song, am I right? I love this song. I love this <laughs> song vibe. too. <laughs> it's like the new anthem. I remember you sent it to me and I was like, oh my God, I love that song. So I think we were vibing on it at the same time without realizing we were vibing to it. <laughs> yeah, I remember I I heard this song in a commercial, like some Google commercial, probably like Alexa or something. And I was like, oh, I love this song. And then I it's don't know. It's the Apple commercial. Yeah. And I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why someone was, at, something inside of me was like, I must tell Yvette about this song. So I sent it to you. And you're like, oh my God, I love this song. And I was like, yeah, it was on a commercial. And you were like, the Apple commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we've had this conversation before. So for those of you that <laughs> don't know who this is, this is Tierra Whack, and the song is called uh, Peppers and Onions, I think. Yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah. It's, um, oh, it's just such a good song. It's, it's like a good song to hype you up in the morning. I love the line, um, even though we buy chains, we just want to be free. Mm. So good. I also just love the chorus, just like, like, I'm just a person, I'm not perfect. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm only human, sometimes happy, sometimes nervous. Yeah. Oh, so good. So, so good. So, so good. So, welcome everyone to TBD with Yvette and Yeyo. Thanks for tuning in again. Uh, we're so glad to have you listen and join us for another lovely hour of music. So today's episode is going to focus on black music and we're going to be celebrating and highlighting a bunch of black artists that you should be listening to. We are going to be highlighting black talent in honor of Black History Month. We just wanted to really share artists that are making music right now um, and that we really love (laughs) yes and i feel like the folks we're going to be talking about are not very mainstream but they should be because they are super talented and sometimes i feel like indie artists are like the most talented ones and like the ones that suck are the ones that get the most recognition obviously there's like exceptions to that but yeah we're just going to be talking about some artists that you should totally check out and you know just celebrate black music and black artists as we do in this pod as you know we always give credit to black people for giving us like the best genres the best music especially black women um so check out our previous episodes if you want to learn about 
about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess a little bit about Black History Month, because uh, we literally learned about this right before <laughs> we started recording. But uh, Black History Month was observed in the United States every February. And um, some of the artists that we're going to talk about aren't necessarily from the U.S., but we have found out that um, Black History Month is also celebrated in February in Canada. And most recently, it started being observed in Ireland, the Netherlands, and the U.K., although they have chosen to observe it in October. A little bit about the history of Black History Month. It was initially called the Negro History Week um, in 1926. And it was started by Dr. Carter G. Woodson and taken as Month of Remembrance by Black Student Union organizers at Kent State University. And it was not officially recognized by the U.S. government until 1976. That's pretty recent. Wow, yeah. Yeah, and um, we're also going to be talking a little bit about Afro-Latinidad. I know in the last episode, we talked a little bit about anti-blackness and colorism in the Latinx community and in Latin America. And I'm saying Latinx and Latin America separately because Latinx is a very, it's a term that's only used in the States. So I really don't like it when people apply it to people in other countries because they don't self-identify as Latinx unless someone defines themselves as Latinx, I wouldn't necessarily call them that. I mean, people still go by Latino, Latina, Latinx, Hispanic, whatever. I personally don't like some of the terms. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a reminder that Blackness and Latinidad can coexist. They do coexist. I mean, you have Afro-Mexicans, you have Afro-Colombianos, as you heard in our Cumbia episode. Uh, Brazil, of course, has a large black population. So, yeah, don't forget that there are black Latinos. Everything we consume is basically black. Yayo, I have a question for you. What's up? Do you know the origin of horchata? (laughs) I don't, actually. (laughs) All right. Let me tell you, our favorite... Mexican drink, or that we think is like a Mexican drink, you know, we are always associating horchata with uh, Mexican cuisine. So horchata is comes from Spain. Well, it was popularized in Spain, but it actually originated in North Africa, specifically in present day Nigeria and Mali. And it dates uh, far back as 2400 BC. And it was brought by the Moors um, to Spain during the Muslim conquest. Oh, wow. Orchata comes from Africa. <laughs> <laughs> I know in, in Spain, they call it like orchata de chufa because I think it's a nut. It's a tiger mm-hmm. nut or something like that. And then, um, well, obviously with colonialism, it was taken to Mexico and in, and in Mexico, uh, people started using rice and cinnamon to make it but yeah it does have african origins so the next time you take a sip of your delicious horchata remember to thank black people for that (laughs) yes i didn't know that that's 
I'm happy. Thank you for sharing. Of course. I recently learned that, okay? So I'm not trying to pretend I'm, like, woke as fuck and know <laughs> about this. I recently learned this on social media. Thank you, Instagram. I saw a post about it, and I just remembered right now. So it's like, oh, let, let me ask you if she knows. <laughs> so let's jump right to it. Um, let's listen to let's listen to some music. Give me today my daily bread. Help me to walk alone ahead. Though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no love. Oh my smile, my mind reassure me I don't need no one. Woke up this morning with my mind. Set on loving me with my mind. Set on loving me. Woke up this morning with my mind. Set on loving me with my mind. Set on loving me. I'm not lonely. I'm alone. And I'm whole. So that was Holy by Jamila Woods from her album Heaven, released in 2017. And I love Jamila Woods. I uh, first came across her sometime in college um, when she was featured alongside Chance the Rapper on 
a song called Sunday Candy um, from Donnie Trumpet and the Social Experiments album Surf. Um, yeah, Jamila Woods is a singer, songwriter, and poet from Chicago. And her work focuses on themes of black ancestry, black feminism, and black identity. Um, she published her first poetry book in 2012 entitled The Truth About Dolls. And you can find her poetry in various different anthologies from the Breakbeat Poets, New American Poetry in the Age of Hip Hop, um, and Courage Daring Poems for Gutsy Girls, and Uncommon Core, Contemporary Poems for Learning and Living. Um, yeah, and she, one thing that I learned while doing research uh, was that Jamila Woods is really active in her community. She is the Associate Artistic Director of Young Chicago Authors, an organization dedicated to uplifting voices through arts education and mentorship. Um, and through YCA, she has organized uh, this event called Ladder Than a Bomb, which is the largest youth poetry slam festival um, in the US. Um, yeah, and for her, like her community is a big part of like her, what has helped her form as an artist, you know? When she talks about her community, she says, my community doesn't feel like an extra piece of what I do. It feels very integral to my creative process. They're my first audience for my work and the audience that I care about most. I chose this song because it has like a really strong message about self-love. And she, like based on personal experience, and also like a love letter to the city that she's from, which is Chicago. Um, and this song um, is from her album Heaven, which was released in 2017. Um, and this album is just filled with tracks of about black resistance and self-love. Um, and something that she, she has this great interview with NPR where she gives this like her own definition of what protest music is for her. Um, you know, and we did an episode on protest music, um, but she talks about that for her, it's protest music doesn't just encompass those things that forced you to go out and take action. It also encompasses things that allow you to sit with yourself and feel valid in your emotions. And I really love that because in today's world, we are told to like get over things or to forget things that they aren't that bad, you know, like basically telling you to stuff your feelings. Um, and I find that like sitting with your emotions is revolutionary and an act of self-love in itself. And I know like in my own personal experience, especially in recent years, that's something that I've been learning more about, um, and just trying to sit with my feelings, you know, um, and, and I love that, you know, and she has a song in this album that's called Black Girl Soldier, where she talks about those, like, in writing that song, she really wanted it to express all the things that people have told her not to express, you know? <laughs> um, and I just think that that's really, really great. Um, and, you know, and she, she also, in this very same interview, you guys should check it out, it's on NPR. <laughs> uh, she says, uh, my mission as an artist is always to create art that's useful. I want my music to feel like it has a tangible effect on people, like it allows them to check in with themselves, feel affirmed, feel able to continue into their day and into the path with renewed energy and a renewed sense of self, because that's what I hope to manifest in myself. 
And I really love that. And, like, for me, listening to Heaven, I was listening to it earlier today, I just, like, felt so reaffirmed by her music, uh, which is, like, very interesting because it's, like, I'm not black, you know, but I still feel all of that, like, yes sort of feeling and, like, you know, she is helping me reaffirm myself and she renews my sense of energy and sense of self. And that's why I chose this song because it has a really strong message of self-love. And whenever I feel funky, I put this song on and I sing along and it just helps me remember that like, no matter what happens in life, you know, shit's gonna happen, but everything's gonna be okay, you know? And that like, I'm loved, I'm whole, and I'm just like a beautiful creation of the universe. Yes. Um, beautifully said and that's right like music is for everyone like you don't have to be belong to a particular group for it to resonate with you and that's the beauty of music that it's just free for anyone to enjoy and she has another album called legacy legacy where each which you guys should also check out she each song is the name of a different like um black artist um and it's funny because the the only non-black artist who's has a song named after them is frida (laughs) oh nice yeah it's a really dope album nice thank you for bringing the song to the pod the only song i know by her is um stellar and the one you mentioned um where she's featured by chance the rapper so i should definitely check more of her music out I mean, I really like what I've heard so far from her. So I'm definitely going to add that to my list of things to do. Yeah, you should definitely check her out. And now on to our next song. So 
Yes, I'm a true immigrant son No vacancies, no vacations Sure, I could do better than this But I don't, I won't, I don't Cut Me by Moses Sumney from his album Grey uh, that was released in 2020. And this song is so, so, so beautiful. I really like his voice. I really like the range of his uh, voice. Um, so the album Grey was a released in April of 2020, but it was like a double release thing. It has... 20 songs so it's super long so he released it in two parts i think he released the first part i can't remember if it was february or april and then the rest he released um i think in may um so that was a really cool thing like i feel like people don't really do that they don't really release things in two parts so i mean he's already doing very out of the box things and a little bit about him he was born in san bernardino california and his parents are from Ghana. And he moved to Ghana when he was 10 years old and spent six years living there. But I read in an interview that he didn't really get used to life in Ghana because he was already like very Americanized. So him and his family came back when he was 16. And he was a really shy boy. I guess uh, he didn't really, he didn't grow up making music. He got into music when he was a little older and he's a self-taught musician which is beautiful and I don't know man the first time I listened to him I was like who is this god and I looked him up and I was like oh my god he looks like an Adonis he is so beautiful google google him (laughs) (laughs) he is so beautiful he looks like he looks like a Greek sculpture. Like, he just looks perfect. He's so beautiful. But yeah, so his voice is very raw and playful. And I really like the sound of the trombone in this um, in this song. I really like it. And if you listen to the lyrics, it's, it's a very masochistic song. Um, but, you know, s- some of us thrive. 
thrive in sadness. I think I've said it before that I really love sad music. Like, the sadder it is, like, uh, the happier it makes me. That's so funny. I'm, like, the opposite. (laughs) I mean, I love sad music, but I thrive more in happy music. (laughs) Oh, see... I can be super, super happy and listen to a really sad song and still be, like, happy. But, like, I just love emotion. I love emotions. I love hearing people about people's emotions. And some of the lyrics go, When my mind's clouded and filled with doubt, that's when I feel the most alive. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, my God, same. And then um, the chorus is something like, might not be healthy for me, but seemingly I need what cuts me, cuts me, cuts me, cut me, cut me, cut me. I was like, whoa, this is very like, I guess, trigger warning. (laughs) (laughs) But I like that. I like, I, I really like this song and his vocal range is incredible. Like, he hits some like really high pitched notes and I love that. And what I really like about him is that he um in interviews he's often said that he's a genreless artist. So he does mm. not want to be classified. So I'm not going to try to do that here on the pod cuz I know we usually try to like place them in a little box or a category. Yeah. Um which is something I'm very guilty of. And I'm trying not to do that anymore because, I mean, people just want to be human and just want to express themselves. So I'm going to try not to uh, categorize people into categories that they have not placed themselves into. Um, So, yes. So he started his career in Los Angeles and he immediately garnered attention from a bunch of record labels but he felt that they were trying to typecast him. So he was like, Mm-mm, like, I'm still searching for my own voice, my own unique sound. So he turned down a bunch of labels and moved to North Carolina. So he currently lives in Asheville and he wants to remain away from the music industry because he wants to do his own thing. And that's basically what the album Grey does. It's about defying expectation, genres, and categories. He's just like, this is me, and this is what I bring. And yes, it's all over the place, but it's also freaking beautiful. And I love that. I love that he's open about that, that he says that, you know, like in interviews when they try to say like, so like, what would you consider your music to be? He's like, it's music. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy it. that's it that's that's yeah it's just music um yeah and i feel like he's gonna blow up one day like he's just gonna be a big music star and then you're gonna remember oh i heard about that guy at tbd with (laughs) (laughs) i always say that like people who introduce you to music are special i love that i love people who send music recommendations so I want to be that in your guys' lives, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So check out the album Grey. It's beautiful. I like listening to it at night when I'm in my feelings. Let's move on to our next artist. (laughs) 
tell where I'll be from here on out. Ooh, it's hell. No when that for now. We shouldn't kiss and tell when it's so good, yeah. You walk up to me like a stranger girl, and I already know your name. I can make you feel good if you want, yeah. Give me the time of day. Things Are Changing by Gary Clark Jr. from the Bright Lights EP released in 2011. And I love this song. <laughs> it's, um, it's a really beautiful song. I like it too. Yeah. I know we were just talking about sad songs. Um, 
I also do love sad songs uh, or like particularly like slow guitar rhythmic songs are like mm-hmm. my go-to um, and this is one of them um oh yeah for sure and I yeah so this is by like, Gary Clark Jr. Um, Gary Clark Jr. is uh, an artist from Austin Texas um, he began to play the guitar at age 12 and started playing gigs when he was a teen and he immediately caught the attention of a promoter um, who, his name was Clifford Anton, and he was uh, like a a proprietor of this club that was the launching pad for a lot of really uh, definitive blues artists like Jimmy and Stevie Ray Vaughan. And, And then he helped Gary Clark launch his career, basically. Um, And He's been featured on songs by many different kinds of artists like Alicia Keys and Leon Bridges and Chance the Rapper, uh, amongst many others. But um, I chose Gary Clark Jr. because I think he's such a rock star. <laughs> um, yeah. And I don't know. I, For me, I see a, like a lack or I don't I don't see or hear too many black men in rock and roll these days or in general, really. Um, the only other one that I can really think of off the top of my head is like Jimi Hendrix, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and so that's why I decided I chose him. And I also, because he's such a great performer, that's how I actually came across him originally. I saw him perform at Sasquatch Music and Arts Festival in Washington State, like in 2012 or something like that and he just like blew me away he's such an amazing performer I was like who is that (laughs) um I love it I love it when that happens when you go see a band or an artist and the opening act or like people who are performing there blow you away and you're like whoa (laughs) yeah (laughs) he played (laughs) he played on the main stage in the middle of the day I remember because it was still like light out um Mm -hmm. and yeah he was so good and it's so funny because and I don't this is like a very rare for me like I usually you know it's so funny like when you go see an artist you're like oh I hope they sound like the CD you know Gary Clark Jr. sounds much better for me live than on his CD like I was listening to his album recordings and I was like "Eh." and then I he has on Spotify there's two uh live albums that he did and they're so good and I was just like I'd I'd rather listen to his live stuff (laughs) um and I was watching uh you know NPR has Tiny Desk um I love Tiny Desk yeah you should watch the Gary Clark Jr. one he's also really funny uh which I love (laughs) uh and I'm just totally in love with him like (laughs) his music and his personality I'm just like oh my god (laughs) You're such a rock star. I'm like swooning over here. <laughs> I can see you blushing without being able to see you. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, and he's just all around awesome. And like really, he can shred the guitar uh, for sure. So yeah, that's Gary Clark Jr. Just check him out, man. Um this song is, like, very slow as compared, like, to his other songs. His other songs are a lot more rock and roll and blues, bluesy. That's that's really, that's the right word. Cool. Thanks for bringing him to the pod. I'm excited to listen to more of his music. I recently heard um, his song with um, John Legend, 
on John Legend's new album. Wild, I think it's called. Alrighty, what you got next for us, Yvette? Thank you. 
and that was Eso Que Tu Haces by Little Pimienta from her 2020 album, Miss Colombia. I love this song. It is so beautiful. I love its message. Um, and everyone should check out Little Pimienta. So a little bit about her. Um, she is Afro-Colombiana and of YU descent. Um, YU are an indigenous group of Latin America that live in between uh, Colombia and Venezuela. And um, she currently lives in Canada. I think she has spent like most of her adult life in Canada. And she became really famous, I can't remember what year, with her album La Papesa because it won the Polaris Prize, which is it's like Canada's biggest music prize. And you get like a cash, like a cash price with it to basically explore music with it and do whatever musical project you have in mind. Um, and that's when she became like super famous. I remember this because I saw her at a museum here in LA. I think it was the Hammer Museum. And um, she was touring that album and I fell in love with her then. And then I saw her at a free show at, in a park uh, during like a summer series here in LA and she sang this song Eso Que Tu Haces um, before it was released in her album Miss Colombia because I think I saw her maybe in 2018 that was the last time I saw her and when I heard the song I was looking for it because I was like oh my god I need to find that song and like save it to my library and then I realized it was an unreleased song so when I heard it again in the album Miss Colombia, I was like, that's the song she sang last time and I couldn't find anywhere. So I was really excited that she recorded it. And now we have this beautiful masterpiece with us. Um, so a little bit about that album. So the album title, Miss Colombia, is referencing the 2015 uh, Miss Universe pageant when Steve Harvey crowned Miss Colombia Miss Universe by accident, I think um, the the actual winner was Miss Philippines and Miss Colombia was the runner-up, but I think Steve Harvey mixed up the names and accidentally called out Miss Colombia and crowned her in front of the whole world. And you, if you find, uh, if you have like a few minutes to spare, go on YouTube and look for <laughs> look for it um you can just see his face like how much he's freaking out because he crowned the wrong miss universe <laughs> which of course is was so humiliating to miss colombia you know she's like oh my god i won and she's so happy to represent her country and then for them to be like there's been a mistake. <laughs> JK, just you kidding. Are, you are not Miss Universe. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. But the way she handled it was, like, oh, so graceful. She was like, it's okay. It happens. And she basically had to hand over her crown to Miss Philippines. Um, and it became, like, this whole thing. There were so many memes. People were <laughs> People were making so much fun. Of Steve Harvey. So this is um, Little Pimienta is making a reference to that event. And as she 
I heard her say in an interview, this is an album where she is reclaiming the crown and she is crowning herself Miss Colombia. Mm. Um, and, and she went on to talk about like beauty standards because she's not, she does not look like a supermodel. She's like a very full bodied woman and she gives no fucks. She's just like, I'm freaking beautiful. Like if you ever hear her interviews, she's really playful and she's always, you know, talking about identity, Afro-Latinidad, um, and just how, like, she just embraces herself. And, like, being a woman is so different for everyone. And to her, she's a queen. So she's like, I do what I do, and I'm the queen. And you can kind of see that in the cover of the album, where she's wearing, like, this, like, really... it's I don't even know if it's a dress. It just looks like a bunch of puffiness put together and she has this ginormous crown (laughs) it's a really it's a really great um album cover Uh, so a little bit about this song um so the song some of the lyrics go eso que tu haces no es amor which translates to that that which you do is not love and when i first heard the song i was like wow what a beautiful love song um And I thought it was about her recent divorce. I was like, wow, she's like, this is how she's processing the divorce. Like she's channeling that energy into her music. And then I heard an interview where she says this entire album is not about a boy or about a person. She was like, this album is about a country. This is me singing to Colombia. And saying, eso que tu haces no es amor, the way you discriminate us, the way you don't provide for us, the way that your children are forced to migrate because they can't afford to live in Colombia because there's, it's not safe, because it's racist, like, that is not love. And she talks about her, um, her love and hate for Colombia and how she doesn't feel Colombian but she does at the same time you know like Mm -hmm. this is a place that forced her family to migrate and to leave and we talk about this a lot in the pod how you know we're very proud of where we're from but at the same time the countries that we're from like forced our parents to leave to in search of better lives Mm -hmm. and more opportunities so it's like these mixed feelings about the place that you're from and when I listened to the song again with that mindset of thinking about it as a country who has failed you as opposed to a person, how I initially thought like the song was about, I was like, whoa, this is so beautiful and it's so deep. That shit is deep. And yeah. That <laughs> is so deep. I was like, wow, you know, like we are allowed to love and praise the places that we come from, but we're also allowed to be critical and understand why we're not there anymore. You know, like, yes, I can be so proud about being Oaxaqueña and having indigenous blood and all of that, but Mexico fails their indigenous peoples. Mm -hmm. They don't get access to education. They don't get access to the same resources that other people get. And, that's the reason my parents had to leave. They couldn't afford to live there. They didn't have any opportunities to grow there. So they had to come to this country and like forge a new path and like 
basically adopt an entire an entirely different lifestyle you know yeah um so yeah i mean if you have the opportunity to listen to this album and think about think about it with like your country in mind it's gonna be like a really mind-blowing experience yeah yeah i think when you originally told me about that album and described it to me in that way i was like whoa you know (laughs) oh my god i (laughs) remember i remember when this album came out i was sending this song to everyone i was like you have to listen to this <laughs> and i i really like that in in the whole album she tries to highlight afro-colombian rhythms and instruments oh. she's trying to like reclaim her indigeneity and and in the music video she features this uh group of musicians called kumbe which, of course, if you have listened to our cumbia episode, know that that is where the um, cumbia was derived from the word cumbe. So, I full circle again. It's a full circle. <laughs> <laughs> it's a full circle moment. <laughs> um, yeah, so I really like the music video. Um, if you get a chance to watch the music video, she highlights like um, some traditional Colombian dances and instruments and musicians, and it's it's really cool. Check it out. Yeah, yo, sorry, I think I cut you off earlier. What were you gonna say? Um. Well, no, just like thinking about it as in a country as a person you know because you know we call it like the motherland or the fatherland you know and how these Mm -hmm. places rear us in a way kind of like a person would i don't know it just totally like blew my mind to think about it that way as well um yeah i thought was cool i wouldn't have thought about it that way Uh, i just like her entire concept of music and the way she approaches music and she's so funny because uh She's always calling out people like J Balvin and Shakira who are from Colombia. And she was like, they are not in the mus in the in the music business for music. They are in it for the business part. Yeah. <laughs> and one really cool thing about her is that when she performs, obviously like her most of her um, listeners are white. And she's very aware of that. She's very aware that she's ve- she's followed by very, like, woke indie listeners. So when she performs live and she sees people of color, she tells white people to move over and let black people and people of color come to the front. <laughs> like, she <laughs> straight up is like, get out the way. And let these people of color in the front. And she was asked about it in an interview. And she said, who do you think has time to leave work early? Or who is wealthy enough to get to a show early? Mm. White people. Like, people of color are, you know, clocking out at like 6, 7 p.m. And then they get to shows late. And it's like, she's like, it is only fair that they get access to the front of the stage I guess she tries to offer some sort of reparations with it, where she's like, uh, 
I don't think so. Move over, white people. Let the people of color come to the front, like the ones that can't afford to leave work early or have access to a lot of free time. Um, and yeah. I really like that about her. She's very, I don't give a fuck attitude. She's really silly. That's what I like. I, she doesn't take herself too seriously either. She's just like, it is what it is. And this is what I think. And if you don't like it, fuck off. <laughs> I mean, I can always agree with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so check her out. She is amazing. I will. I'm gonna yeah. you talk you talk about her a lot, so I'm gonna put her on my list of things to look more into. <laughs> yeah, and she has a song with um Bomba Stereos Lisa Met, so I know you really like Bomba Stereos, so you might wanna I, yeah. check that song out. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I love them. <laughs> Alrighty then. So let's go ahead and listen to our next song.
So the song we just listened to is called Water Me Down by Vagabond from her self-titled album, Vagabond, released in 2019. Um, and I really love this song. I was listening to it all summer. <laughs> it was part of my bike riding playlist to work, to and from work. Yeah, um, I love it. I think we've both both bonded over this song how great it is yeah it was like um tierra whack where we're both sort of on the same wavelength but we didn't realize it (laughs) yeah um yeah and vagabond whose real name is letitia tamko is a self-taught multi-instrumentalist singer songwriter and producer uh currently based in new york but she was actually born in yaounde cameroon Um, and she relocated with her family to New York when she was 13, um, because her mother wanted to attend law school. Um, and yeah, she originally, like I said, she taught herself to play the guitar. Um, her parents bought her like an electric, an acoustic guitar from Costco. (laughs) (laughs) And she taught herself how to play, um, watching instructional videos, like DVDs. Nice. Um, yeah, and that's really where, like, she started from. Um, and this is from her second album called Vagabond, um, which she completely wrote and produced all by herself. Um, and this song in particular, Water Me Down, she wrote in a stream of consciousness. Uh, after, like, having had a frustrating phone call with someone, um and it's funny because the lyrics go something like um never meant to be you never meant to be never meant to be me never meant to be us never meant for all of this never meant for you to love never meant for you to trust so i'll take my time next time and i'll do it right i'll take my time next time um and it's just so funny because i can totally relate to what she's singing about Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, I was. She also has an interview on NPR. NPR. I've been getting all my information from NPR today. <laughs> but she, she has this interview where um, I'm just gonna read a little bit, a little excerpt from it. But she says, "We are arguably at our healthiest when we set boundaries, when we let a relationship or a project enrich our lives without completely consuming us. But it is also very human to be completely torn asunder." The music uh, for Vagabond is perfect if you want to get a little heady about this tension. What does it take to feel fully alive without getting eaten alive in the process? Um, Or as she puts it, how do I deal with interpersonal relationships as a person whose comfort and safety can easily feel threatened? Um, And then there's lyrics from another song from the same album called Flood that go like, I want to make you a a flood in my heart. Um, which she kind of makes reference to, there's a similar line in this song that says, um, only with grace, I'll make you a flood in my, only with grace, I'll take all the words that you said. When you brought it back from the ground, it really waters me down. Um, and, oh my God, I don't know. This song is just speaks to me so much right now because it's like, when you're in a relationship with someone and then 
you just feel like I don't know this has happened to me before where like I get so enwrapped with someone and I like love them so much that I just sort of lose myself Mm -hmm. and then it waters me down like then I lose my sense of who I am um and just becoming like super like attached codependent some people might call it I don't know or becoming (laughs) the person you're dating Yeah, and then it's like, who am I? Like, I don't know. I've become this person that I think you want me to be, you know? And it was so funny because you you sent me this thing earlier about, like, astrology and, like, what scares you about love depending on your astrology sign. Mm -hmm. And Pisces uh, is neglecting to set boundaries and being swallowed completely. Yeah. And I was just like... Yep, exactly. that's me. I don't know how to set boundaries. And then I get totally swallowed completely and watered down. Yeah, yeah, this song. Yeah, when I first heard it, I was like, oh my God, I love this song. And I remember I remember sending it to you and you being like, already on it, girl. <laughs> I was like, this is why she's my Pisces twin. It is such a beautiful song. I um, heard the song being dissected in a podcast once. Um, I can't remember what podcast it was, but I know you mentioned that she self-produced and wrote the entire album. And Mm -hmm. that is true for all the songs except Water Me Down. So um, the beats to water me down in the music were actually made by one of her friends and this friend I guess had been wanting to collaborate with her for a long time but she's always like no like I do my music on my own but I guess she went over to his apartment to just like jam out Mm -hmm. and she heard those beats and she was immediately drawn to them and she immediately was like I need to make music to these beats like I I want this and the guy was like, okay, yeah, that's awesome. Like, I'm so glad you want to collaborate. You're very, like, protective of your music. And, like, it's my process and I I just want to do what I want to do. And that's when she got that phone call from that person she was dating who basically broke up with her. And that's how she got the lyrics to the, to the song she already had the beat. She had just been introduced to the beat. Mm. And she just like right there, right? Like immediately came up with the lyrics. And it was such a like meant to be moment. I often hear um, artists ask like when they feel like the most inspired or productive. And like I wonder if being heartbroken helps like produce like some of like the best songs (laughs) i mean i'm sure it does because you're finding a way to express these feelings you know i've realized that most good albums and most good songs are about heartbreak i know for me whenever i'm in that sort of heartbreak feeling that's when like my words seem to flow Mm, out like more poetically And when I feel Mm. more like writing it down. I'm the opposite. I feel most creative Mm. and productive when I'm happy. But I like listening to sad music when I'm happy. (laughs) Wait, we're like the opposite in that sense. (laughs) 
No, actually, when I'm sad, I don't listen to sad music. When I'm sad, I listen to a lot of reggaeton for some reason. <laughs> like, I need to escape my thoughts and my feelings, so I turn to, like, reggaeton. Yeah, I turn to, like, old school reggaeton. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. No, when I'm sad, I listen to sad music and, like, curl up in the fetal position in my bed and cry. Oh. I specifically put on Bon Iver. Oh, my. Dude, Bon Iver is such a, like, I want to die music. <laughs> well, for the, his album, For Emma Forever Ago, is my go-to cry oh, album. Like, <laughs> I love that album. I was just telling my sister yesterday that that's one of my favorite albums. And I think I was telling you that at the start of the pandemic, that was an album I was listening to a lot. And that is like the the only album I like by Bon Iver. After that, I don't like <laughs> anything. Yeah, same. I used to, my roommate in college and I, when I shared a room, the only time I've ever shared a room with mm-hmm. someone, um, we used to fall asleep listening to that album, like the whole first week of school. Yeah. Oh, it's such a beautiful album. I love it. Check it out, everyone. Yeah. Like, for Emma Forever Ago. Ugh, so good. But also check out Vagabond. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, yeah. she's And she's also really great. Like, I also just love the fact that she taught herself how to play the guitar uh, on DVDs, but also taught herself how to play a bunch of different instruments, like the drums, the piano, like the keys, the keyboard, um... And just, like, did this whole thing by herself, yeah, you know? Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, so check her out. And she's from New York, so, you know, represent. <laughs> or, you know, she's based in New York. <laughs> Same thing. Um, and now we'll go to our next song. To my own devices It's better when your Coca-Cola eyes are out of my face I checked your phone and no surprises She's grinning from ear to ear in purple lace So take Starts in the ripped up gloves, but she loved your tough guy front. 
by Arlo Parks released as a single in 2018 and I know I'm gonna sound like a broken record but I love this song so much (laughs) this is also a song that I have been like sending to people and have said like you have to listen to her she is gonna be big and I don't lie. Um, (laughs) She just released an album um, called Collapsed in Sunbeams uh, last week or two weeks ago. And she's great. I mean, she's like, I think when she recorded Cola, she was like 17, 18. Oh, wow. And she's fairly young. Yeah, she's 19 years old or 20. I can't remember exactly. And she just reminds me of being a teen, and I love that. I love that her music transports me to being a teenager. I don't know if I think of her that way because I know how old she is or if she just actually makes me just feel like a teen. But um, I remember listening to this song for the first time and immediately being like, who is she? And I went to Spotify, save her as an artist, and she didn't have many songs. So I'm happy that she finally released an album with a bunch of really great songs. And I follow her on social media, and I love how much she feels. Like, she'll listen to a song, and she'll, like, break it down and say, like, oh my god, this is this is a song that helped me get through this situation. And then she'll create little lists where she'll say, songs for when I feel heartbroken, or songs when I really need to feel, and like these are the songs that get that emotion out of me. Because she says she finds it really hard to cry, but there's like artists who really get her to express herself in ways that she can't do by herself. Like she needs that, she needs the music, she needs the lyrics to help her express how she's feeling inside, mm. which is beautiful. 
and I think all of us can relate to that. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to say about her. She is from London, and this is just such a cute song. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love this and... song too. I um, I think there was a moment in the summer where you and I, again, I, I just said this, we were on the same vibe, but we didn't realize it. Like, I think you sent me a playlist called Black Girl Magic with a bunch yes. of... Yeah, and I was looking at your playlist, and I was like, I'm already on that vibe. And I have a similar playlist called 500 Days, where it's, it literally has this song, the Water Me Down by Vagabond, and it also mm. has um, Cut Me by Moses Sumney. <laughs> yes, see? Oh, we were meant to be. Musical soulmates. <laughs> yeah. So that is it for today we hope you enjoyed all of these artists and we hope that you check them out on your free time obviously there's so much talent that we couldn't highlight and i feel like yayo and i are always talking about that via text like hey like what's our next episode gonna be about and who are you gonna talk about and it's we're always like oh my god how am i gonna narrow it down to three songs <laughs> There's so much. Like, I wanted to bring so many Afro-Latino artists um, to the episode. But now I'm thinking maybe we should just do an episode on that. Um, there's so many There's so many great women uh, who I wanted to highlight. So, yeah, thanks for tuning in. And, you know, celebrate Black people and Black lives every day. Oh, and if you have any suggestions for anything you'd like to hear or, like, episode suggestions, themes, genres, anything you'd like to know more about, let us know and we'll make it happen. Yeah, let us know. We're open to exploring and learning. I think that's, like, the fun part. I get to practice my dreams of being an ethnomusicologist. <laughs> Me too. Pseudo, yeah. pseudo ethnomusicologist. Yeah, that's what we are. <laughs> well, thank you so much for giving us your time and hope you tune in next time. And thank you, Yayo, for bringing so many great songs to the pod and for being my musical soulmate. Oh, of course. You know, I love you and I love sharing music with you. A lot, along with many laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> I love you too. Alrighty, we'll see you next time. Bye.